1: chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty
2: to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, a land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America, and we truly do believe. You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. Your hosts are Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives now here are your hosts Gary and Ted
3: good morning everyone my name is Gary Ray and because of today's subject matter we have Mr. Stephen Lee with us today good morning Stephen Lee well good morning Gary how are you this
4: morning good
3: very good as a matter of fact I'm broadcasting from the central Florida studios and Stephen you're back in Arizona you think it's going to reach 130 degrees today
4: well, I think you're a little bit <laughs> off there. Gary, it's going to be about 80 degrees. Uh yeah, I'll be on the golf course here in a couple of hours. So, uh yeah, I don't know where you got those numbers, but uh <laughs> it does uh it does occur. We do get uh, some hot weather here. We'll get up into uh 110 uh, uh midsummer, but uh right now, uh the golf course still got my name on it, so I'll be out there today, pal.
3: All right. You know, we also have, who I consider a good friend because we share similar missions, Linda Crater, President and CEO for Veterans Caregiver. Good morning, Linda.
0: Good morning, Gary Ray, and to Stephen.
3: Good morning, Linda. Linda's going to be with us every week when as we're doing these mini-series, sharing her thoughts and help finding the answers for your questions. And by the way, we're accepting calls today, so I'll give you a second to grab that pen. Second's up. <laughs> now, Dial 1-866-472-5787. Again, just a quick reminder that American Heroes Network embraces all uniformed services. Our special guest today is Gary Johnson. He served in communications operation and intelligence in the Air Force. Upon discharge from active duty, he entered the fire service and retired in 2012 as chief of the Marysville Fire Department with over 31 years of service. He received numerous awards and citations at the local, state, and national uh, levels during his career. Gary Johnson has been involved in several veterans organizations and projects prior to joining Resurrecting Lives Foundation upon his retirement from the fire department. Welcome, Gary Johnson. Thank you. What a great name, huh, Gary?
1: Yeah, the first name is phenomenal. (laughs) <laughs> All right.
4: Stephen, good morning, Gary. Stephen Lee here. How are you this morning, good, sir? Good
1: morning. Good morning to you, Linda.
0: Good morning, Gary.
4: All right. We have a Gary Johnson uh that is our uh, president of our local rotary here. So, uh won't be uh uh won't be forgetting your name.
3: <laughs> All right. Stephen, you want to start?
4: Sure. Uh, Gary let me ask you this what uh, what part of the country are you uh, are you calling us from
1: uh, We're based out of Dublin Ohio which uh, is if you're a golf person uh, you're familiar with the memorial tournament in that area uh, but uh, we're based out of Ohio but we serve uh, all uh, active duty as uh, well as uh, veterans uh, in the United States.
4: I am familiar with, uh, with Dublin. As a matter of fact, uh, pretty much all of my family is from Ohio. Um, I was just back there not long ago, unfortunately for a funeral, but, uh, my, uh, my mother and father are uh, from Ohio. Uh, my wife is from Ohio. So, you know, it seems like everybody I talk to is from Ohio. How does that work out? <laughs> but uh Gary, I wanted to this morning uh uh talk to you uh Resurrecting Life's Foundation um, will be advocating again for I guess the nearly five hundred thousand, a half a million heroes returning from Iraq and Afghanistan who suffer from the effects of traumatic brain injury, TBI. Um Gary, could you tell us uh, what is the scope of the problem and uh Give, give us a little information about the Reoccurring Lives Foundation if you will.
1: Okay, well, uh, we were founded on uh September 11th, 2011, and uh became a 501c3 uh, uh nonprofit in July of uh 2012, and uh we are uh focused on uh, OIF and OEF uh military and veterans in particular, but for all veterans. Uh, and we're focused on, uh, the, uh, the, the advocacy, uh, treatment, uh, education of, uh, the public, uh, caregivers, and, uh, and all, all, also, above all, obviously the, uh, those, uh, veterans and military that, uh, are suffering from the effects of a traumatic brain injury.
3: Mm-hmm. Alright. Now is uh what's the sense of urgency I you know again I know that uh, this is a very big um area as far as the TBI goes. And by the way, uh isn't isn't uh, there's a celebration in March, isn't there?
1: That's correct. Uh, March is a uh, traumatic brain injury awareness month and uh we're working uh in concert with the uh Ohio Chapter of the Brain Injury Association of America uh, in trying to get the message out.
3: Wow. You know, it's something, you know, it's just that I've been in this for about a year now. And, uh, you know, the silent, the silent injuries are, are a big factor out there. Uh, a lot of people don't know about them. Uh, they see the, they see the the visible ones, but not the invisible ones. So how is How's the organization handling this? There, you know, there's a great number I see, 500,000.
1: Well, and, and that's, that's the pro- part of the problem. Um, a lot of uh, military and veterans, uh, they don't, we don't have uh, consistent uh, diagnostic tools uh, and those numbers are estimates. Uh, they're all over the board but uh, it is a significant number and a lot of them are going uh, undiagnosed and unfortunately untreated. Uh, we hear a lot about uh, post-traumatic stress which was formerly commonly identified as post-traumatic stress disorder the post-traumatic stress, you have a lot of veterans that are being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress, but not so much TPI until later, particularly with mild TPI, because mild TPI has some subtle uh, signs and effects uh, that are usually noticed by family and, and caregivers and people that they know, but uh, they fall through the cracks, and of course, uh, once they get discharged, uh you know, it might be discovered a year, two years, three, or even four years later. Uh, and, and a lot, many times, uh, uh particularly in the cases of mild traumatic brain injury, uh, it can cannot be diagnosed unless that individual is examined by a, a team of, uh, cognitive rehabilitation specialists, which is not always available in every VA facility or available to every veteran or military member, uh, as well as, uh, uh, state-of-the-art uh, neurodiagnostic imaging.
4: Uh, Gary, let me ask you, uh, what are some of the effects uh, that this has uh, certainly on on uh, uh, the warrior and, and the family, for that matter?
1: Well, the effects can be long-term and, de- and uh, devastating, particularly if it's not uh, diagnosed and treated uh which is uh, why we're focused on uh, the, our upcoming study uh, this year, but the effects, uh, many times you'll see uh, things uh, like uh, hypersensitivity to light, uh, hypersensitivity to uh, what to your eye may be a normal noise, particularly in crowds around people. Uh, there'll be a, a state of different things like hypervigilance, uh, uh, rest restlessness, and ability to sleep, uh, difficulty uh, in concentrating, uh I guess it really came home to me uh early on in, in, in working uh with these folks. I was sitting next to uh a marine dog handler that had been injured in Afghanistan, who by the way had previously been uh had previously not been di- had been diagnosed with post traumatic stress and we directed him to some advanced neuroimaging and he was properly diagnosed as uh as having a mild traumatic brain injury, but he looked at me and he's reading a book and he goes, You know what? I can handle the noise. I can handle the light sensitivity of other things, but he said, I'm just sitting here and I'm reading a book. They said, I flipped the page and I don't remember what I just read. Right. And so those are some of the things that, that go on daily in their lives. And, and some of these, uh, a lot of these things can lead to, to frustration uh, and, and a host of other issues that, you know, in some of the worst case scenarios can lead to uh, homelessness, uh, unemployment's a big problem. Uh, Drug abuse statistically, uh, 80% of, uh, those who have been diagnosed with, uh, traumatic brain injury. And of course, uh, all the, uh, the, the family issues. And it's an incredible strain on the, the individual as well as the family and their caregivers.
0: I would love to yeah. inject in here that the involvement of the family is so very important because what you're describing are observations of behavioral changes that may come over time. They don't always manifest right away. And there is a lot of overlap with the same symptoms of PTSD, as you just described. So one of the big reasons that it seems to be underdiagnosed is because the family and the general public are not as informed and as involved as they could be. And so this is an excellent forum for getting out some of this information. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I think you'll agree, wouldn't you say, Gary Ray? Uh, Gary, as you yeah. are trying to do this. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> but Gary of Resurrecting Lives Foundation, the, the family yeah. involvement helps with the identification of changes, and perhaps queuing someone to go get uh, a, a diagnosis or a second diagnosis.
1: That you, you are absolutely spot on. Abso- absolutely. And in many of these cases, in the vast majority of them, it, it's, uh, it's a caregiver, maybe a mother, a spouse, uh, a, a sister or somebody that actually uh, directs that individual, or actually contacts. It's not in all, but in many cases, you're absolutely correct.
3: You know Linda that, uh, the, the sites you have, veterans, uh, veterancaregiver.com, uh, you've been helping families for quite some time now, right?
0: Yes I have, and one of the largest problems we do have is exactly what we're talking about here. Undiagnosed invisible injuries, and that, by consequence, means untreated, invisible uh, injuries. And there's an awful lot of education needs to go on, and the more families know, the more they're informed, the more they understand treatment plans and they're involved, it really does help. So I'm very, very pleased that we're talking about this today because you mentioned what are the effects. It's not only on relationships, um, and we'll, I'm sure, talk about that further um, as we talk with Gary but it is on employment and the social issues. And as you said, the drug and alcohol, uh, there's medication differences. There are social problems that go on. This is a very difficult problem, and the families truly really need um, the recognition of their friends and family to understand this. Gary, I would like to ask you, one of the hardest things that we find families have difficulty understanding someone who has a TBI um, because the way they speak, they may have lack of verbal filters, they may be very agitated. Can you speak to some of the ways that TBI could be explained to a family member so there's greater understanding and support as opposed to pushing them away?
1: It's a brain injury. Right. Uh, that's the simplest way to explain it, and and oftentimes... Uh, uh, there are people that have P- PTS uh, without TBI, but in many cases, uh, with TBI, the PTS goes along with it. It's an injury. Um, I like to kind of relate it to. Uh, I have a friend of mine uh, who, who uh, recently had a, a mild stroke, and. You know, that was recognized as an insult or an injury to the brain and she received cognitive rehabilitation and she's, she's walking albeit, you know, with a, with a, a limp now and everything, but she's slowly getting, getting better. And, and that's what, uh, people have to realize, it, it, you know, it, especially the caregiver is that it's with TBI, it's not so much a psychological injury, it's an injury to the brain and that's what needs to be treated. We need to find out there needs to be a a proper diagnosis, they they need to have access to proper imaging and and proper diagnostic techniques and they need to have cognitive rehabilitation directed to the specific injury and that's where we're really missing the boat and that's where the family caregiver can be an advocate for that individual. Amen
3: yes you know I, I i would just couldn't believe the amount of days it takes for a claim and i think this is one of the problems uh, uh nationally we're talking about oh, what about 320 days for a claim to be recognized and, and that's leaving our our vets out there um you know going to the going to see psychologists or doctors outside the network and then when they take those results back uh they're not recognized um what can we do can we do anything about that?
1: Yeah, th- those are the ones that, that get the diagnosis, uh, and, and it's that you're, you're absolutely right. It's typical. One of the things we need to do, and and I think it was uh, General Gray that, i uh, I want to quote a Marine general, that made the statement that even an elephant will move, but only under their own power. Uh, you're talking about, <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that when you think about it, because you're talking about silos that have been built up for years and decades you're talking about uh the, the the government and you're talking about public and private agencies that need to be working together to break down those silos so we can work together to get to get those people that served us those people the 1% that served the 99% that served us to get them the proper care and treatment that we afford so many of our civilian folks it's 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 uh it's unfathomable that 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 some of this stuff is happening, but we've got to break down those barriers.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I know that we're just the power of one, uh, maybe a couple now because uh, we have Linda. <laughs> but to what can we do? I mean, is there somebody we can go to? Uh, how can we fight this thing? Um, this is something that has to be recognized, uh, bottom line.
4: And what can our listeners do to participate uh, uh, and, and get actively involved in assisting
1: uh, contact your, contact your congressman, uh, work with, uh, with, uh, agencies, work with us, uh, work with your, uh, work through your, uh, your local veterans organizations, uh, get the word out, become an act advocate, be active. Change doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it, it takes time and unfortunately, a, a lot of these, uh, folks that we're dealing with don't have the luxury of time on their side
0: every day that you miss with cognitive therapy is a day gone forever
4: mm-hmm That's
1: and here's yeah and especially with brain injuries too it, there's, uh, there's there's this cumulative effect uh, in, in certain types of, of brain injuries as well and and as you said Linda every day you miss all those things that build up with the frustration and all the other issues that happen and everything and affect the family environment, those things it just it just compounds on, on each other. So, you know, we lose and, and the statistics have changed constantly. But the last the latest statistic I saw, we're losing uh, one OIF OEF, OEF that uh, every thirty hours to suicide. That's right. And and, and that's that's that's. That can't, We we.
4: That's unacceptable. Well, oh, that's amazing, <laughs> boy.
3: You know, again, um, uh, I've met some people uh, in the position I'm in right now, and and um, uh, they don't recognize it. And if you're a family member, I mean, as a friend to these uh, guys or women uh, that have the TBI, uh, we recognize it before they before they're going to admit it. I think that's a that's something. That we have to let, uh, go ahead.
0: No, it, it, Gary, I often go past your break, so I don't
3: want to talk past your break. But Uh, maybe
0: when we come back, we can. We're saving it.
3: We're saving it. Oh, you're saving it today. Okay. Right.
0: That's good to know.
3: Halfway through the hour.
0: Okay. Thank you for telling me that, because I just didn't want to talk over that. One of the big issues, and I think we should discuss this at, at length, you're right about family observing and supporting and advocating, absolutely. Um, but it may be something so simple as they can't focus at work. They fatigue too easily. The memory problems are there. The agitation comes because they're bombarded by external stimuli, and the brain can't take it. And so in many ways, staying on task is very difficult. So some of the early signs that there is an undiagnosed brain injury can be some of those things, and that may just seem like, well, they're back from combat, it's not a big deal, maybe it's just getting used to being home. It's often categorized as a reintegration problem, and Gary, can you speak to that, please, because I know that it is a really large problem sometimes getting it recognized as a TBI to have the diagnostic treatment even to get an appointment.
1: Yes, uh, like I said, often the, uh, the, the two are intermixed and it's, um, sometimes it's referred to as post deployment syndrome, uh, where they have a traumatic brain injury and PTS. Often they think it's PTS. Uh, there's a, there's the warrior culture too, you know, it's, uh, suck it up, get over it, you know, or, or other generations may look at it that, you know, well, you know we had this before you know it's part of it's part of the conflict and everything what we didn't have in years past was uh the state of the art medical technology to get these people to treatment and care early on uh on the battlefield and take care of some of those injuries or some of those uh uh those yeah some of the injuries that uh, in previous conflicts uh would have uh, resulted in, in death on the battlefield uh, you also have uh uh, things like uh, MRAPS, you have uh, body armor, uh, increased uh, increased protection, things like that to help to help to protect the warrior better. Uh, so uh, there's there's a lot of things that have changed, but the one thing that uh, hasn't changed is that we have wounded veterans coming back, and it's easy to look at something that's visible and see the injury. It's the invisible one that's that's the difficult one to to to, to address. And yes, sure. there are there are delays, and I don't want to run into the break, but uh, and we can discuss that afterwards as far as uh, some of the delays in getting treatment through the system and things like that.
4: Well, yeah, I think uh, you know, with the scope of the problem, Gary, uh, uh, the urgency factor uh, would be uh, very important. Uh, I mean, a half a million uh how how are uh how are you going to handle all that hows uh, that that's a lot of people that are coming back with those problems there's going to need a lot of uh hands on to to uh to assist that many people yeah
1: it is and it's a uh, it's difficult to diagnose and treat it takes a team of uh cognitive rehabilitation specialists uh, in many cases it takes uh, advanced neuroimaging techniques such as diffusion tensor imaging uh, and functional MRIs to uh, pick up on some of these and find out specifically uh, what's injured and how to go about taking care of that. Um, our our status quo can no longer uh, take care of this. We're dealing with we're dealing with an injury that's overwhelming uh, all the systems that we have in place. In addition to that. Uh, uh, people, uh, A lot of people don't understand that many of these people have, have been on multiple deployments, uh, some as many as five or more, to uh, OIF, OEF, and, uh, and some of them are, are, are Guard and Reserve units to where when they get back, they just want to get back to their family, and they say, are you okay, do you have any problems? And they go, nope, I'm fine, I don't have any problems, they just want to go home. But they go back to their home when they're in the Guard or Reserve and they're totally separate from that uh, that that camaraderie, that 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 the institutionalization, unit. the unit, everything. And so, not only are they dealing with with uh, the problem that they state that they didn't have, so they could be back home with their family, but they don't have that unit cohesion that they're used to, which actually amplifies and creates further issues, not only that, but in addition to the access to care, because many of these are in a rural environment.
3: True. Wow, well, that's right. So, what's the in in let's say in your words, what's the best way for a family to educate themselves as far as uh, if they have a spouse coming back?
1: I think Linda hit the nail on the head. Uh, uh, awareness, being aware of some of uh, these signs and symptoms, being an advocate, knowing that this is out there. Uh, don't don't accept uh, the status quo because it may not be the right diagnosis. Uh, I I had a a query from, well, I've had several in the last uh, week or so uh, from a wife saying, you know, I know something's not right, doing this, doing that. We go and we follow up with them and we we try to take care of them. But, you know, these are a few people out of of thousands. And we can talk about uh, uh, a couple of the model uh, TBI centers that are dealing uh, with that uh, on a on a very good basis,
3: but, uh, they're very limited in what they can do. Wow. So I think it's all about educating then.
4: Well, it's, it's, it's about educating. Uh, it's about bringing awareness and, and it's about, uh, uh, you know, it's going to need funding. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. When you, uh, I mean, you're going to uh, need to employ uh, a lot of help to handle that many people, and uh, that's what we'd like to do, the American Heroes Network, is to get the word out to our listeners uh, that there is a very serious problem out there. It's an invisible problem that we really can't see, uh, but we need to uh, to to be proactive and uh, educate these people you know let, let's let's all get together and and help with this and and that takes funding so uh during our broadcast uh I, I'd like to uh Gary uh let people know where they can go uh what uh website they can access uh you know to help with uh to help with those initiatives okay
1: uh, it's uh, resurrectionlives.org is, is, is our website, and that's, uh, that's a starting point. Uh, there's also uh, Linda's website, is excellent. Uh, it's, she's got a, has a lot of good information on there, and I'll let her talk about her services, of course. But uh, we're, we're an advocacy group, uh, we are a grassroots organization, and uh, I, I think I'd like to believe that from everything we've discussed so far, we can all agree that there's a huge need for everybody to work together. That increase awareness and education, and be able to put to uh, move people into directions where they can get uh, to help with this with uh, some of these issues. All
3: right, why don't we just say it? We need your support. You know, that's what it's all about.
4: Well and frequently, we, we you know we we talk about if everybody just does a little, it makes a big difference.
3: Right. Well, guess what, guys? It's already (laughs) break time. Uh, You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything
1: there is to see in online television?
3: Let us surprise you.
1: Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
2: at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
3: welcome, welcome back. Uh, again, I just want to quickly mention uh, be sure to check out our, our mobile site. go to hero.ub1.co. Uh, you'll be able to uh, hear all the archive shows that you missed. <laughs> okay? During our break, uh, Linda, you were mentioning about uh, uh, the importance, uh, maybe the clinical studies end of it. there was a you wanted to ask Gary that.
0: Yes, because I, I know that Gary is involved with um, planning and executing a clinical study on TBI and that is such an important component of studying this to also bring awareness to the problem and, and bring folks in who may not otherwise have considered that they have something that needs uh, a diagnosis.
1: Wow. Yes, absolutely. Uh, where I- we're uh, in a process of uh, setting up a, uh, a study with uh, probably one of the most uh, uh, foremost uh, neuroradiologists in the country, Dr. Michael Lipton at Alfred Einstein uh, University in the Bronx. And uh, what, what we're doing now, and first of all, let me back up a little bit so you can understand where we're at with this. Uh, most people are being cleared, uh, most veterans who are coming back are being cleared of a TBI with a CAT scan or, in some cases, a, a, a standard uh, MRI. Uh, we have taken uh, five veterans down for uh, uh, for uh, diffusion tensor imaging, which is state-of-the-art MRI. It, it's unbelievable uh, what you can do with this. It, it tracks uh, the diffusion of water through the brain and henceforth the, neuro, the nerve fibers uh, and how how things go in that, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm trying to explain this in layperson's terms as well. But we took five veterans down there, two of which had been previously diagnosed uh, through the veteran system with uh, post-traumatic stress. Of the five veterans that we took down there, uh, two were diagnosed with a mild uh, TBI, and one was diagnosed with a moderate TBI, and uh, he's sitting here right beside me. So... uh, you can see that there's a need for for advanced neuroimaging technology. Okay, now back up to the study. That's what we're going to do with a group of 25 veterans and 25 age-matched siblings in uh, uh, at Albert Einstein in the Bronx. What we're doing with that has never been done before. All the millions of dollars that that we've spent on studies and everything, there's never been done with age-matched siblings for a comparison, as well as the other thing that hasn't been done, and this is very critical is to define the pathology, define what the injury is, and match up the cognitive rehabilitation with the injury. Now that sounds pretty simple and pretty straightforward, but that's what this study has been do- is going to do because it has not been done before.
0: Fantastic. Wow. How can people find out more information about that or do you already have your participants lined up?
1: We're actually just starting to line them up now and uh if anybody that's uh, interested uh go to our website uh, resurrectinglives.org uh and uh or they can they mm-hmm. can call me as well uh or I email uh Dr. Gordon. By the way, uh you know, I, I have to say something about Dr. Gordon. Dr. Gordon Founded this organization. She is a workhorse. Uh, she's a rehabilitative uh, physician uh, that is is dedicated to this cause beyond all belief. Uh, she is the brains behind this, and she is working as we speak, uh, 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 trying to uh, coordinate work to get things done. So you can you can either uh, call me, email me. You can email Dr. Gordon. All those contact numbers uh, are on the website, um, and, and you know we're we're out there to help people. All
3: right, you know your board of directors on that site is pretty powerful. It's a fantastic uh, board you have.
1: Yes, we've uh, we've uh, like I said, Dr. Gordon is really she's pretty much the uh, the brains and the broad of the whole outfit. She's. Uh, He's a tireless worker, but we have uh, a general, a recently retired Supreme Court justice uh, attorney. Uh, uh, we have uh, several people on the board. We have uh, uh, a retired uh, general and colonel uh, 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 physicians uh, on the medical advisory board, uh, an airborne major uh, physician on the medical advisory board. We have uh, contacts with other organizations and other uh, uh, military medical people that, uh, are working with us. And that goes back to what we were talking about before. It is imperative, and I cannot stress that am- uh, uh, enough, that we start working together. Nobody can do it alone. Government, public, and private have to work together. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely agreed, and and the family members can help as well. Our uh, legislative congressmen, senators can help. Again, it's raising the awareness, but what you're doing with a study and gathering this data is going to be extremely valuable because with an invisible injury, without data to talk about what you can actually show, it's harder to get through to the large bureaucracies and institutions, so fantastic. And I hope people do go to resurrectinglives.org and find out more information.
3: Definitely. And you can always go there to, you know, for family questions uh, also. Um, you know, I think that's important. Uh, having the families understand the situations like we've been talking about practically the whole show. Um, so again, also uh, the veterans, uh, veteran caregiver. Uh, dot com is uh, also another one to, uh, uh, get family education about the invisible injuries. Okay. One
0: thing that's very, very helpful is that as you spread the awareness and as the families are aware, they can help with keeping documentation. As you have veterans come home, Gary mentioned a comment about uh, a wife saying, he's just not the same. Something is different. The VA and other physician groups are always looking for, what can you really tell me? Don't give me just a feeling of what's going on, that it's different. If you can document um, that cannot stay on task, cannot consistently plan, memory loss uh, or memory problems, I should say, if you document things and date them in time, it really goes a long way towards helping the physicians to zero in and not ignore what you're talking about or feel that it's been taken care of already and uh, Gary I think you'll agree there is uh, it's invisible and so getting someone to pay attention to it is sometimes difficult within the big bureaucracies so we always advocate for keeping documentation um, looking at balance issues, uh, agitation issues, um, the the comorbidity with PTS is a problem, but there are different symptoms to each. So by keeping a journal or documentation of symptoms, have you found that that helps as well?
1: Yes, and uh, something else that's uh, out there, uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know you're getting older when uh, people don't, uh, they won't, uh, answer the phone, but they respond uh, very readily to text, and I guess that's a generational thing. But uh, but apps, mobile apps. There's a, a, a there's some pretty decent mobile apps out there uh, on uh, Google Play or, or iTunes that you can get uh, with uh, um, also uh, uh, mobile computing, uh, something to help the individual focus. Uh, it, it, you know, because that's that's that's. The, the big thing with this, as I mentioned, that one veteran, he said the big thing that really upset him was that he just felt like he was almost like losing his mind. And we like to emphasize that they're not losing their mind; they're dealing with a brain injury, and it just is. It's, it's it, in many cases, uh, it, it, it's it's an identification and a retraining issue.
0: I agree, and I also also believe that it is a cultural change at the VA. There's such greater numbers coming back with these injuries. And I think that there is, because of the sheer numbers, there's sometimes some pushback that this isn't, this will go away if you just give it time. But that's why it's very, very important that as you have appointments, people don't understand that if a a brain-injured person likes routine and structure because it makes their world a little more manageable as they're recovering and helping with the cognitive issues. A changed appointment or a canceled appointment can be very agitating to a veteran. So we also hope that the VA is working on uh, educating their own providers and the support staff especially because... You can really throw a monkey wrench in with something so simple as a canceled appointment that no one called about and those are the kinds of things the family members then deal with that could be avoided so culturally yeah. educationally has to go on both sides of the uh, spectrum
4: yeah Linda that was one of the things that I was um, you know how what what is the, how are these um, individuals what's the receptiveness how are they receptive when they find out that they have these injuries? Um, and boy, this has to be very uh, traumatic and, and difficult on the families. Uh, but I, I'd be curious to find out. You know, when when um, you know when our men and women come home and they find out that they 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 have uh, TBI, what's their receptiveness? How do they? How do they react? Well, of course, that varies,
0: um, per person, but it is, it is very important that they are diagnosed and treated. When someone is told repeatedly that their behavior, um, isn't anything, it's in their head or it's psychological, <clears throat> when it's truly an organic brain injury, it, it further alienates them from everyone else. They do start to become, in some cases, um, very depressed they are often put on medications that act in conflict with a TBI might work for a PTSD and some of the drugs are good for both but some are not and it can be exacerbated if it is not noticed so if you're constantly trying to explain to someone that you have a TBI or you believe you have a TBI and look at this documentation of symptoms and you can't get help that is where it can spiral down into you um, depression and anger and isolation and ultimately it's a possibility for suicide um, I think we are gaining more knowledge through of all things the um, uh, football players that have sure. concussions and that's a good thing that these two causes are coming together because certainly they have more awareness potential than um, veterans do sadly because there are many more people watching football but I do think we do have greater and growing awareness of traumatic brain injury, and it is cumulative and it is important. And so I, I think we need to take a, a close look at every group that can work because Gary is absolutely right. This is not something that can be handled by silos. It does have to be handled by everyone. It will take a village. It will take a nation to make certain that these veterans get the care they need and that the families get the support they need to caregive for them.
3: That's right. You know, it's it's, it's mind-boggling uh, uh, how it takes thirty-eight to forty years to realize uh, these injuries. You know, from the Vietnam. Um, I just wondered how many people came back from Vietnam with these injuries, and nobody even knew is, about them.
0: I'm sorry, the statistic for Vietnam is twelve percent.
3: Twelve percent? Huh. Wow. Wow. Well, guess what? It's time for that short break again. <laughs> We're here with Linda Crater and special guest Gary Johnson. We're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
2: Your favorite Voice America
1: Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need
2: them to be. Listen anywhere.
1: Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
2: American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
3: Welcome back. and Gary, uh, we have about ten minutes left, and I want to just uh, emphasize that if there's anything we missed, we definitely need to know about it.
4: Yeah, I think, Gary, what we were talking about on the break, if you could kind of pick up on that, that was, uh, uh, I think very important that our listeners hear that.
1: Yeah, there was, uh, and there was something else too, uh, you mentioned medications and that's important. Uh, what's also important to understand too, and this is important for the caregivers, is that, um, Sometimes these folks, well, in many cases, they may be misdiagnosed or not diagnosed with PTS or another condition and given medications mm-hmm. that actually may cause more harm than good with their traumatic brain injury. I have, uh, one, uh, veteran that I'm dealing with right now that's on, uh, over 30 different kinds of medications subscribed to the VA. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so that that's an important point that I wanted to bring up. So is some of that, you know, is where does the injury begin and where does the medication, you know, how does all that work? Uh, the one thing that you mentioned uh, uh, before, and we, we talked a little bit about um, the utilization of uh, a smartphone apps and computers and things like that, is uh, telemedicine, and, and telemedicine is the ability to... Uh, Work with people over a distance through uh, video, computers, and things like that. I guess is the simplest way to put it, and uh, it certainly doesn't replace a face-to-face uh, diagnostic session, I guess, so to speak. But it's very important for those uh, people and for their caregivers that that cannot get uh, access to a, a facility, or it's difficult for them to get into a facility. We have to remember that a large. Uh, proportion of returning OIF, OEF veterans live in rural areas, and their access to any kind of medical care, m- you know, may be difficult. Uh, when you're talking about uh, a VA appointment, uh, couple that with the cost of gas, a couple that with the time it takes to get there. If they're 20 minutes late, uh, they, they'll make them reschedule, and you may be another two to three months out uh, to get that appointment again. So there's a lot of issues that really need to be addressed in that area as well.
0: Absolutely, um, one thing I know we did here in Maryland is that the other thing is when you 're talking about Garden Reserve who may return to private health care is that most of those forms that you fill out at a doctor 's office do not include a question that says, "Have you served in the armed Forces Have you ever deployed um, we 're we're, we're making an effort at veteran caregiver to contact the Med Chi boards of each of the states because if we find that obviously the military they're very humble they seldom will say that they have served but if those physicians and uh, professional staff are not aware of the possibility of a TBI it could just be oh you have headaches or you have some vision issues you have some balance issues um, fatigue issues again awareness in the general medical population is also very, very important, as well as I fully agree with you on the telemedicine. It's an excellent adjunct to care. So there are so many things that stand in the way of finding care, but we have to keep chipping away at them.
1: And that's, that's it. We, we have to keep chipping away at it. We we're talking about uh, a lot of effort uh, by people from different disciplines, and it's going to take time.
3: All right. You know, I go to the VA. I still go to the VA and um, I notice that they have a barrage of uh uh requests for uh uh doctors, mental health doctors, psychologists, I call, uh you know, but are they are they actually getting these doctors? Um, I believe they are. It's just a matter of uh, you know, we need all the help we can get in this situation and again, if everything has to be done within the network Um, they need to hire more people.
0: Well, also the community is becoming more involved. They are understanding they don't have always the number of medical practitioners to help. So the community-based kind of treatment is, is rising because there is such a great need to have this help. Gary, could you please address, in the short time we have left, all the things that resurrectinglives.org is going to try and achieve in their advocacy and, and how we can help.
3: Definitely.
1: Advocacy is uh, basically doing what we're doing right here, uh, getting the message out to as many people as possible, uh, being willing to, to, to say that, you know, wherever, whenever, uh we'll be there, we wanna get this message out, we wanna work with other organizations. Uh so many people are enveloped in our own organizational culture that it becomes very difficult to uh to, to breach that comfort level. And that's that's a that's a human condition. Uh people are very resistant to change in general. Uh but uh but being an advocate means getting out there and educating the caregivers, getting out there and educating uh uh the individuals uh, that may or or, or or suspect that they may have a traumatic brain injury uh getting out there and uh, educating uh members of congress uh dr gordon was in uh, washington dc uh talking to uh, uh congressional uh, uh representatives and senators uh last week and and the word is getting out there and people are becoming aware but advocacy and education go hand in hand because when you're advocating for this particular condition, it's also a matter of educating because people just don't understand the scope and the breadth of the issue.
0: I would add also that it requires persistence. If people are not taking it seriously or are not quite sure of what it is, it or is not, are not getting the diagnoses that they need or still have questions, it takes persistence to keep asking for that help. And as you say, talking to anyone and everyone about the potential for help that is available. And could you mention again your study and where it's being held?
1: Uh, the uh, study is where it's being held? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's being held in uh, the Bronx, in uh, New York City, and uh the reason why it's being held there is because that is the facility where the most state of the art where the the people that are most familiar with uh, the diffusion sensor imaging are on the cutting edge of doing this uh, are located. And uh and it's um you know, we're we're actually gonna take the HMAC sibling as a comparative as well as the uh, as well as uh, through the advanced imaging and the and the, uh, the uh, advanced screening and things things of this nature, actually define the area of injury and match up the the cognitive, cognitive rehabilitation and treatment uh, based on the injury.
4: Sounds familiar. Gary. Let me ask let me ask you this: if if uh, if one of our uh, heroes uh, who may not have uh, uh, a large support system around them uh family and friends and and they think they may have tbi is there a a hotline that they can call where do they reach out to or or uh, obviously they would our listeners uh, can now convey that they can go to your website but uh is there any type of a hotline that they can go to where can they seek help uh
1: we that's that's a good question uh i'm familiar with uh uh one uh hotline that's out there that's uh that's sponsored by the military that actually has a recording on it believe it or not um but uh the uh but there are some uh and i cannot re- you know refer to a specific one but i will i will tell them that uh There are many organizations, including Linda's and mine, that will help them to direct them in the right right direction.
0: I would step up and say that there are usually brain injury associations in each of the states, Mm -hmm. and there is uh, something called DivBIC, the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center, which is uh, one of the governmental organizations. But if you are doing an Internet search on brain injuries, you will find many, many resources that can help you, and then specific ones to the military are also listed just through a simple Internet search. But there's not a hotline for it such as there is with crisis or PTSD. Um, It's separate. Again, it's invisible, but, again, persist with finding out answers and and educating and advocating.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Good point. The Brain Injury Association is a good starting point as well. All
3: right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, our show is coming to a close, and I'd like to thank Gary Johnson for taking the time out of his busy schedule to be with us today. It's been our pleasure, sir.
1: Uh, pleasure is mine. We have, to, we have to keep on this. We can't let it go. Uh, the, the long-term effects uh, on the families, on the individuals, on our society as a whole uh, are going to be astronomical. We have, right. we have to address this.
4: Gary and Linda, I'd like to personally thank you both for uh contributing to, to these causes and uh we uh we, we sincerely thank you and, and uh so do our listeners and and our troops. Uh you're making a difference. And uh, that's what it's all about.
3: Right. So learn more about TBI and go to resurrectinglives.org. And a special thanks to Linda Crater for partnering with us to present these mini-series that help educate our listeners about the silent injuries. Be sure to visit VeteranCaregiver.com. It's been our pleasure, Linda. Thank you so much. All right. Great big special thanks for all our listeners for making us the number one show on Voice America and now airing seven days a week. Stephen, any last words?
4: No, I just want to uh, to to thank all the people that are joining together for this cause. Um, you know, like I say, if everybody does a little bit, it makes a big difference. That's so uh, be cognizant of the problems that we have out there and uh, understand that these men and women have sacrificed so much to ensure our future and our freedom. Now it's our turn to give back. That's right.
3: This is Gary Ray and Stephen Lee signing off, and thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday for another American Hero Story.
2: Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr. again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We
1: are America, and we truly do believe. You're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free.
2: We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America.